coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougars conclude their home schedule by giving their seniors a solid send-off. And the school commits to Kalani for three more years. We're talking about it next as BYU Football with Kalani Sitake starts now. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at BYU TV for another weekly episode of the Sitake Show. Great crowd on hand here in Studio C, but even if you can't be with us in studio, we invite you to join the conversation by submitting questions for Kalani on Twitter tonight using hashtag Sitake Show, as well as on Facebook and Instagram via the BYU TV sports accounts. Coming up on tonight's show, we recap a senior day home win over Idaho State. We preview the Cougars' trip back east to meet UMass this weekend. We have our weekly Q&A with the coach. We visit uh, with Talon Shumway in a deeper fashion on Deep Blue. And we'll chat live in studio with linebacker Isaiah Kofusi. Well, tonight's show comes to you one day after BYU made it uh, official. And that is that Kalani Sitake will be the head coach of the Cougars through the year 2023. So to begin tonight's show, let's bring on out the head coach of your BYU Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Hello. What's up, everyone? All right. Appreciate you guys being here. Well, you, you talked about it yesterday. Uh, we mentioned the news, but you haven't been able to really talk about it maybe in front of fans yet. So let's get it out of the way, and let's talk about okay. the good news that uh, you got and your family got and the staff and players we all got really on Saturday and then officially on Monday that uh, your contract's been extended. Uh, what does that whole process and the news mean to you? Um, I, I mean, I, I like it, you know. It means <laughs> I am... Um, uh, but, you know, I'm just excited to be here uh, regardless of um, what the contract shows. I'm going to keep doing my best to help these young men and to give the fans what they want and they, what they expect. And so I'm um, just happy that I can do it uh, for more years. But I'm really focused on trying to get this year completed and trying to um, you know, get a good jump start to next year as well. So uh, I think I'm trying not to talk about it too much because I've said it before that this program won't be about one one player. So definitely won't be about one coach. And so if we can just move on and there we go. <laughs> no, I'm just, I just want to, I want to thank everyone though. I, I do want to thank, um, you know, our players and, and uh, their hard work and, and their sacrifice and their families. And, and I want to thank my family as well and our coaches and, and their families. And so, um, and definitely want to thank the fans and administration here at BYU. You've been so great to, to me and my family and our, and our coaches. And um, thank Tom, Tom Homo for, for the, you know, his leadership as our athletic director. He's done an amazing job leading the athletic department. And so uh, just honored to be here and, and love being, being the coach at BYU. We are going to get on to other things, but it was a pretty cool moment uh, Saturday. You, you, you win the game against Idaho State, 42-10. You're in the locker room, and then uh, Tom wanted to talk uh, to the guys, and, and here's how that went down on Saturday. This is your coach, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's my coach, and he's our coach. Let's go. <laughs> Seemed like there was a little bit of surprise involved there for the players. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the guys were all excited, and <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, Tom. 
Don't show any more dancing. Or, yeah, okay, good. No, I, I think I, Tom had a, had a good did a good job of revealing that, and I think he has a. Uh, I think it was it was a cool cool event and a cool cool moment for for me and my family and also for our, you know for our, our team and so uh, just I thought uh, the whole the coaches everyone we feel really comfortable with it and uh, we're really motivated to to keep it going and and we've got a little win streak going on and and we have an opportunity to, to build on it and keep building this team and we've had a lot of guys young guys step up we've tested our depth and mm -hmm. uh, we're feeling really good about our program right now so we got to keep it rolling all right a lot of depth was tested on saturday let's get to uh, the game that preceded what we just saw and that was byu and idaho state at lavelle Edwards stadium on senior day the fcs bengals coming in and the only scoring in the first quarter was on defense kalani yeah we, we talked about uh, opportunities that we would have and and, uh, and the coverages that we did and it's good to have chris wilcox back and Forcing a PBU there and then having our safety, Austin Lee, a senior, being able to, he's been waiting for that opportunity to get take it back to the house and really happy he was given that moment. Now, this play didn't actually count. It came back, but what a grab from Micah Simon. While being held, he holds it with one arm. Yeah, great player and, and senior, and he's done a lot of great plays like this in practice. It's good to see him doing the game. I wish it would have counted, but, you know, there's some things that we need to fix. It seemed like we had some big plays taken back by holding penalties and, been in the hole with false starts, but Micah got a fly sweep and was able to get in the end zone with some great blocking up front. Yeah, that play did not come back as a BYU goes up uh, 14 to nothing. Little Michael Dean, good little player for Idaho State, set the Bengals up for this field goal. Off the upright and in, it would be 14 to yeah. three score off the ricochet. Then the next drive that BYU had was a lot of Micah Simon, nifty move on the sideline, and a lot of Sione Finau. I think they accounted for 72 of the 75 yards on this drive, and the last yards come courtesy of Sione. Some good cuts in for six. Yeah, the, the old line did a great job up front, and then you, you see here Kyle Griffiths uh, being aggressive and, and forcing the uh, the block punt by putting the guy, the shield, into the, into the punter's way. That sets this up late in the second quarter. Final score of the first half for BYU. And first of two touchdowns for Talon Shumway on yes, the day. So happy for Talon. You're giving him an opportunity for a jump ball. He usually comes down with it. And great awareness here, being able to put the ball over the, over the goal line and got another touchdown. So Talon's second score. And BYU's up by a score of 35-3. to three. Second pick of the day for BYU. That's now 14 interceptions on the season for the Cougars, setting up some scrum formation, and Kairos Tonga gets the handoff. Well, all the fans kept asking for it, so there <laughs> it they is. They got it. You know, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so just keep, keep requesting things, and we'll make it work. Malachi Rango was the workhorse for Idaho State, and busted a nice run later in the game to put the Bengals on the board. And the final score would be 42 to 10. And it would stay that way in the final moments after Keanu Hill almost gets in for BYU. They slowed it down, said knee was down as the ball hit the pylon, so it was time to kneel it out and get on out of there with a comfortable win, Kalani. Yeah, just trying to run the clock out, and you know we were throwing the ball, trying to get first downs, and in that moment, it's it's not really about trying to get a touchdown or trying to, you know, trying to get the score higher. I think it was more important that we take a knee and and show some um, respect to our opponents. And so it was, it was a fun day. Still a lot of mistakes and, and some opportunities that we wish we had that we, that we let slip away. And, and um, yeah, we'll get those fixed. I think the penalties were one of some of the things that I, I felt like we got to be able to control. I said that in the, in the, in the post-game uh, press conference, but really happy with the guys that stepped up and the guys that got a lot of reps and opportunities to play. And you know, defensively, I thought we could have done better with the run defense. Wrangle, you see, has 142 yards rushing, but. Uh, 85 of those came on two plays, and so uh, on those two plays, we really, you know, make sure that we don't allow those big plays to happen again, and 
But for the most part, I thought the defense did well handling the run game. Conversely, uh, you had Sione Finau go for 102 rushing yards. And my stats guy, Ralph Sokolowski, told me that you've had a freshman have a 100-yard game in every season you've been the head coach as a running back. And so these young guys tend to go to work for you. Yeah, recruits should pay attention to that. So it'll be good. <laughs> So, Sione, nice day and good day for the team, of course. Saturday was, uh, Kalani, of course, the last home game for a lot of seniors. And some of the seniors had uh, well, big days. Uh, guys like Talon Shumway and Micah Simon and Austin Lee. Yeah, I thought, I thought the, you know, a lot of those guys have put so much work into it. And it was just nice to send them off with a win. Their last game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And uh, I think it was a good time for them to reflect all the hard work that they put into, into playing at home and in front of their fans and their families. And, uh, I, th I thought it was just a really cool moment for our players to celebrate all the seniors and all the work that they put in, in this program. And some of the guys weren't able to play, like Aleva Hifo and others, but uh, we're looking forward to getting them back and playing in these last three games. The other big news to come out of Saturday's game was, of course, BYU accepting an invitation to play in the Hawaii Bowl on, uh, on Christmas Eve. And it'll be the second straight bowl bid for you and the team and third in your four years, 14 in the last 15 seasons. BYU's ended the uh, year in a bowl game. We want to keep that tradition rolling, of course. Yeah, it's, it's so important for our program and for our development of our guys. And, uh, you know, we, we, other than it extends the season, we get to spend more time with the seniors, but uh, we get 15 practices that we get, can work in getting better, and, and that's another spring ball. So we're going to utilize all of them and, and try to get better as a group and get better as a team and develop these young guys. What is your personal background with Hawaii? Well, I grew up, I mean, I don't remember being, being a baby in Tonga, but I remember uh, being a child in, in, in Laie, Hawaii, and being able to hang out with all our families. We have a lot of family in that area, and so, um, you know, just, it's good to go back and be around our family, and my dad and mom and family. We should have tons of family in that area, so it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. The last time BYU played a bowl game there was in 1992, the old Aloha Bowl, and uh, many, many years later, here we go again. Let's do it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We knew that this would be an opportunity for us if we got bowl eligible, but uh, right now we're focused on trying to get win number seven. That's what you. we're focused on right now. Well, so what's your last home game, of course, this past week? That means you finished the year with a winning home record at 4-2. and two. That's a winning home season, and uh, one of your main program objectives, right, Kalani, is uh, protect Lavelle's house, and a winning record means that. Yeah, and I think the guys um, performed well. You know, I think we always want to be consistent and play better at, all, at every game, but uh, considering a lot of the factors and the variables that go into preparing for a season, I thought the guys uh, gave us the right effort and coaches worked extremely hard. And this is something that we can really build on and, get, and you know, get, gain some more momentum. And, and trying to add a fifth win in a row will be really helpful in getting that done. Okay, some particulars from the weekend. Let's get to Zach Wilson. Uh, he's back in the starting lineup this past week. He was seven weeks away uh, on the rehab after the hand injury. Uh, overall, uh, how do you think uh, number one looked out there? Well, you know, I, I think if you talk to, to Zach, he'll be, he'll be his own worst critic and say things, some, some things that he could have improved on. Obviously, he had the interception, and um, we had some miscommunication on some routes and things like that. But Zach's going to always uh, look at what he could do better himself. And, and uh, you know, I think for us, we, it was a little bit, he was a little bit rusty in some ways, but it was just good to get him back on the field. And, and uh, though I, I mentioned before, the, the sign that I liked is after, I mean, I don't like that he threw the interception, but I like that he was in trying to make the tackle because that's how he got hurt last time and so it just seems like he's kind of forgotten about it and moved on and, and try to get ready for the next you know for the next play and then I, I just like his mentality right now. You and the coaches decided I guess early in the week uh, that you weren't going to play Baylor Romney give him some rest and so you're going to go in with Joe as your number two because Jaron Hall's still not available either it wasn't last week. Yeah we're still working with Jaron and still working with Baylor and, and um, 
we just saw an opportunity for Baylor to heal up, and, and uh, so we're looking to see how it's going to work this week. Um, but uh, all those guys are out working and trying to get done, and we'll see what the uh, training room says for us. So since Zach is back, Zach's the starter, but as for who's the two, three, or four, we really can't say on a Tuesday, I guess. No, we'll probably find out more later. Probably Thursday, Friday, we'll have an idea. Okay. All right. It's that time of the show where we uh, take you inside the plays from BYU's last game and the season, assisted by our own Jerem Jordan. And uh, this week, we actually have uh, players breaking it down for the first time. So let's go now inside the film room. All right, here with Austin Lee and Chris Wilcox. And uh, Austin, what was it like playing in your final home game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? It was fun. It's been a blessing to be able to play here and just to create memories with um, guys that you can call your brothers for a lifetime. The pick six was awesome. We'll break that down in a second. Chris, this was your first game of the season. What was it like to get back out there? Uh, It was great, man. I mean, being out for a year just sucked always being at home watching your brothers on the TV. But finally getting back out there with them meant a lot to me. Okay, let's break down the play that you two connected on, and this is such a great play. Yeah, right here we were in uh, just man coverage. Uh, got an inside release, so I was just playing this top shoulder, and I seen the ball come in, I just hit it. Austin, <laughs> did you see it the whole way where you see the tip and everything was good right here? Yeah, so, yeah, I just, it was man coverage, and I saw Chris coming with a really nice PBU, and, you know, the ball just floated up just, just perfectly enough for me to be able to to get my hands on it, so. <laughs> you had to speed around uh, this guy to get in there, and then Kavik Fonu with a nice block for you. Oh, yeah. Th- those blocks were huge. If I-, I knew if I got around <laughs> that guy, someone was about to pick up that quarterback, and Kavika put him right on his back. So I got some good blocks and some smart blocks as well, too, just to make sure that there was nothing to take that back. Okay, I want to I rewind back to uh, the Tennessee game. This was such a big play in this, in this game. Um, Austin, walk me through this one where... You make a pass breakup in the end zone. Yeah, so we're um, we're in a type type of drop eight coverage with three deep. Um, what happens is they, they run some all vertical, all go type concept, and uh, the number one receiver you can see is he starts to run pretty wide out there, and I, ha- I my my job is to make sure that I kind of split the two and read quarterback from there, and so the quarterback was taking me to that other vertical threat down the seam. And I was able to just get there in time to be able to break that up in the end zone. Okay, let's talk about a play in this one. A defensive player gets a touchdown. Kairos Tonga finally gets a carry. He fumbled the first play, but then he gets out on this one. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I always see we run this play in practice, but we had never ran it in the game. And, uh, with Kairos? With Kairos, yeah. So I seen he finally got his touchdown, so I'm just <laughs> proud of my guy. <laughs> and uh, fun for a defensive player to get a touchdown. Do you guys take pride in that? Hey, one of our guys got one? Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's, it's exciting because it doesn't happen very much. And just look at him. He's, he's huge. He's not going to get stopped. <laughs> so after the game, uh, everyone's celebrating in the locker room. It's awesome. And you had this cool moment, Austin, where you had Ledger, your son, and you're dancing in there. And he can hang, man. Walk me through your dance moves and his dance moves in the locker room. He loves to dance around the house. And, uh, you know, we teach him these little moves, you know, the whoa, or, you know, he does he shoots and stuff, and he, he, he loves it. And uh, what's your reaction, the two of you, to uh, your head coach getting an extension here? Uh, it, that, that's amazing. I'm just really happy for him. He deserves it because he's worked so hard, and, you know, he's built a great program here. Yeah. Chris, you, you, we're going to get him regardless next year, but the guys after you get him, too. Exactly. They're going to be... They're going to be thrilled to have him. He's a great guy. I love him. Uh, He'll do anything for us, and we'll do anything for him. Okay. Well, thanks for the time. Good luck at UMass. Have fun on the East Coast. 
Thank you for having us. Good work from uh, Jerem, Austin, and Chris. For your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, it is BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Weekdays, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The guys preview the men's basketball game at Boise State on tomorrow's show. Later in the program, a deeper look at the life of Talon Shumway in our Deep Blue feature. Coming up next, it's a look ahead to BYU's trip back east to take on UMass. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Healing for life. BYU fans, we invite you to join us Saturday at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, as McKenna Miller and the 13th-ranked women's volleyball team takes on and hosts Gonzaga in the penultimate home match of the regular season. See it on BYU TV. Of course, join us on BYU Radio for BYU at UMass this Saturday with Cougar Pregame Live, bright and early, 10 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Mountain, 7 Pacific. And postgame coverage afterward, the game is on Flow Football online or on Nesson. And, of course, it's always free on BYU Radio each and every week. BYU heading to Amherst, Massachusetts at 6-4 on the year with two regular season games and a bowl game to go. The Minutemen ending their season against BYU. It's been a season to forget so far. 1-10 on the year with by far the most generous defense in all college football, allowing more than 52 points per game. It's been a rough year, Kalani, for those guys, uh, and they finish it off with you. I'm sure they'll figure they've got one last go and try and give it their best. Yeah, I mean, it's just they have nothing to lose being their last game, and I know they have a lot of pride in those kids. We played against them last year, you know, so they're competitive, and uh, we, we have tons of respect for them, and, and we talked about it as a team that um, there's not a lot of guys in, 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 in this world that actually think that the work that they put in is worth the few seconds that they may get on the football field. and. Uh, other than the football players that play in in, in, uh, in our schedule and you know throughout the FBS schedule, so they're one of them, and, and we respect them, and we're looking forward to going playing the game with sportsmanship and class and having a good uh, good competitive game. But um, you know we expect to to be physical and, and and to do our part and play our best. I know we're going to get their best shot. I say this every week. Mm-hmm. It's important that they get our best shot as well. And so uh, our, our focus has been to try to be at our best and, and to get better from last week to this week. And and um, having a great opportunity to, to get a victory. Now, because it is an East Coast game, uh, plan would be to head out probably on Thursday, right, as opposed to Friday yeah, for something yes. closer? Yeah, because the time zones are two time zones away. So we'll be leaving Thursday and uh, try to get adjusted to the clock. I mean, if you think about it, the game will be 10 a.m. our time. So um, get out there and do some early morning things and get these guys adjusted to the time and get ready to play. You know, we can't um, – we've, we've been in this position before and played at this kickoff time before. and. And uh, I'm not saying that our, I don't think our guys played flat. They came out ready to play. Just uh, we have something to prove now, and then an opportunity to go back to the East Coast time zone. We've lost, you know, we've lost two games in that time zone. Mm-hmm. So uh, trying to get it done and find a way to, to win it, win this one. And it's kind of a little bit of a, a better performance than the last time we were there in that time zone. Right, right. You, you mentioned how you played them last year. They lost a really good, they lost an NFL second-round draft pick in Andy Isabella from that team. Mm-hmm. They also well, they lost a coach, right? They're, they're on a new staff, and so this, is a, this feels like a first-year thing for them. Yeah, and I, I think they're still improving. I mean, they, they've had, we've talked about injuries as part of college football, but they've had a, a number of guys that they've had to replace and, and shuffle guys in and out at, at the quarterback position and other positions, and so... Uh, you know, I think they've been snake bitten with a little bit of the injury bug, but um, you know they'll have 11 guys ready to play against our 11 guys, and so we we need to 
respect them and, and play at our best, and that's, that's what I expect our guys to do. So from two and four, Kalani, you guys have gotten to six and four. You're looking for more. It's a four-game win streak you take with you into the UMass game. A win on Saturday, and you will lock down, mathematically uh, be assured uh, of a winning season uh, for the third time in four seasons. There are different ways to measure success, whether it's rivalry games or home wins or bowl games. But uh, knowing you're going to be an above 500 or a winning team with more to go uh, is, is a reward of sorts. Yeah, and then just the, the fact that our, our, I mean, our, we've had a good opportunity to say goodbye to our seniors at home, but we still have some time to play with them, you know, going into the season and trying to lose, utilize as much time as we can with them. But uh, they put a lot of work into this program, and there's a lot of young guys that have received great mentoring from the senior group. And so this is a good way for us to, to um, show them some love and give them a lot of respect and show them a great end to a season, you know. And so trying to get number five in a row and, and trying to get seven overall, that's going to be really important to our players. But more important for the seniors, and they're playing hard for these seniors on this team. Okay, let's head a break and do so with a reminder that uh, you can join us next Monday for the season finale of The Coordinator's Corner. 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, as we talk with the BYU football coordinators. Next week, it'll be Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki. Jeff Grimes' season is done with us. Yesterday's episode is also on demand on the BYU TV app, and Jeff was on that one. As we head to break, I want you to know that you can enjoy a full hot breakfast buffet, dinner Monday through Wednesday, kitchen and large grassy backyard along the Provo River Trail, all at the Residence Inn Marriott in Provo. After the break, Talon Shumway overcomes personal hardships to become a steady presence at wide receiver for the Cougars. And Kalani takes your questions in studio and from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Region 2 seed BYU women's soccer in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And at home this Thursday night against Louisville. Watch it on BYU TV. Listen to it on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM locally and on the BYU Cougars app. We are back on BYU Football with Kalani Titake. We are live from Studio C, where last week we visited with... BYU wide receiver Talon Shumway right here. Tonight, we learn more about Talon's life off the field and how he overcame hardship to contribute for the Cougars in this week's edition of Deep Blue. Growing up, my family, we endured a lot of abuse, a lot of hard times. When I was about 14, my parents finally got divorced, and that was like the first time in my life that I felt I could really breathe. We had lost our home and there were some things in the home and I only had a certain amount of time to get it cleaned up and to get the things out and I didn't have I didn't have enough time. It was in the middle of the winter and his mom came marching in in the middle of one of our practices and I had a lot of respect for her. I knew they were going through some tough things and she says I need my boys now. Coach Lewis just said go and the boys just ran out with me. And so what do you say to a mama bear like that? For sure. I I gave her her boys right then. And they came and they helped me get the last minute things out of her home. Talon did have a lot of things that kids shouldn't have to worry about. They shouldn't have to worry about if there's food. They shouldn't have to worry about when the lights are turned off. You know, my kids didn't think oh, it's because there's a power outage. The first thing they thought was the bill hadn't been paid. His dad took the car away, took the phones away. We had nothing. 
All we had was our family, and we had the gospel. And, and we were happy. When that whole thing was over, those were some of the best years of my life. I never had a shortage of love. I had the greatest mother in the world, the greatest siblings in the world, and I had the greatest grandparents in the world. And there were other people who were always there, people that cared about us, cared about me. Sometimes in life you learn from other people's experiences, and I think the path that his dad chose really helped him see the type of family he wants in his future and the kind of husband and father that he wants to be. To hear that I had an impact on Talon's life through his middle school and high school years, that's, you know, that, that is humbling, but it's really, it's the most important thing, you know, really, because as a coach, winning the state championships and winning games and all those kind of things, those, those things are fun, but the things that really are important is things like this come back to you, the, the life lessons that are learned, or maybe you could help help somebody along the way that really needed it. But Talon, he's a great kid. I may have learned more from him than he learned from me. Those are probably the first times in my life that I'd had real one-on-one -on -one conversations with a man. He always just expressed to me his expectations and how he felt about what I was doing. Really just what you'd expect from a father. I grew up playing two sports, football and basketball. You know, we saw a lot of success in high school. Uh, won, won a few state championships, we won a national championship, and we had a lot of fun playing together. I don't think the success we had, we wouldn't have had it without Talon. His defensive presence was, was unbelievable. I remember in practice, I never liked going up against him because he was so physical and he moved his feet so well. He would throw the football in the front yard, and then he would run to the other side and catch his own football. He played catch with himself. <laughs> He did have friends. <laughs> we tried really hard to get him to come play basketball here at BYU. Obviously, he chose football. That was something he wanted to do, but he, I think he could have been very successful if he would have chose basketball. I realized that I had a, such a good experience in high school, and it, there was no way that I was going to beat that, and I wanted that in football. And football was the sport I was most passionate about. Pulls it away from Tyson. Down and in. Touchdown! Cougar scoring OT! Talon's a great athlete, you know, and, and, and I think he's one of those guys that doesn't, he doesn't say much, but probably the most reliable person you can count on to do his job right. Definitely the most respected uh, player in our room in the receiver unit. On the field, he'll do the little things that a lot of people don't recognize, but coaches and teammates recognize the things that he does. As a coach, you know, you naturally gravitate towards those types of players because you can always use them as a, as a model on, on how to do things right, and I think that's what Talon's been for me. I've heard from so many different players about his example, what he, how he carries himself, the confidence that he gives to others. That's a unique way of leadership and unique way of utilizing his strengths, and he's an exceptional person. We had a great visit with uh, Talon right here uh, last week, and now we learn even more about what makes, uh, what makes him the person and uh, player he is. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, he's, uh, his mom should be really proud of him, you know, and, and uh, I know that his family's really proud of him and the things that he's done, but I, I'm just telling you that he's probably one of the best human beings I've ever met, and so he's going to be great in life. I can't wait to see him as a father and, and, and uh, the things that he's going to do in the community, so great person. 
I know how you love the trivia. After the show last week, he, he was talking to me over here, and he said, you know what, Greg? He said, I've, I've caught in-game pa- – I tweeted this out, by the way. He said, I've caught in-game passes from eight different BYU quarterbacks. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> he literally has caught passes from eight guys in games here at BYU over his four years. He's the only guy that can say that on this team. Wow. And has he caught one from Micah Simon yet? No. Not has it, see, there's, we'll there's see. Something, something left to be done yet. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. So just think about that. You've got a few games left. Just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. All right, uh, Q&A time now on the Sitake Show. We've got live audience and social media questions queued up for Kalani. Let's begin right here in studio. And I think, I think you're Cody Kimball, aren't you? I am. Go ahead, Cody. Uh, hey, Coach. Um, been watching you in the locker rooms and celebrating. <laughs> what would it take for you to teach us one of your dance moves? Oh, gosh. No. I have broke dance moves if you talk to my daughters, and so... Uh, I'm going to try. I, t- I tell you one thing, I have a lot of effort and I do. When I was younger, I was a better dancer, but um, in my older age, I'm trying to be really smart and so I don't pull anything or hurt anything. But um, the players ask me for me to dance and I'm going to do it for them. And then even when my daughters tell me to stop. <laughs> Cody, thanks. Uh, at Tarheeled Cougar on social media, this one uh, asks, what's the coolest gift? you've received from a BYU fan since becoming the BYU head coach. You have interactions with fans all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I get tons of stuff like cards and, and letters and emails. And so um, just anytime I, I have uh, fans communicate with us, and I think the best gift is if, if there's an opportunity for us to serve. Uh, fans would ask us and, and uh, you know, contact me. And uh, that, I think that's something that, 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 I, that I value the most is being able to help others and, and use our platform with our program and our team to help um, help make lives better. So that's, to me, it's a, it's a, that's a great gift that we have right now. Amber Ferguson, next up on the mic. Hi, Amber. Hi. Hey, Coach. Um, so I've been thinking about just your year overall being your last home game, and I was thinking what was maybe your most favorite bonding moment you've had with your team this year? And I would love to hear that. Um, I've had so many of them. I, I think um, – one of my favorite ones is we, we went to a team movie. I, I don't want to trash on the movie, but it wasn't a very good one. And it turned it into probably one of the best moments uh, that we've had. And the guys were cheering for um, when, I mean, it was just one of those things where you're kind of talking through the movies. And, and it was, we had so much fun. We were cheering, having a good time. And you can just tell that these guys like being around each other. And it didn't really matter whether the movie was good or not. It's just that the guys like sharing time together and like being around each other. They generally love each other. And that, when I sat there as a coach, like just trying not to get too emotional, but I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is a really good moment for us. And that happened this year. I think we played USC the, the next day. So, I mean, this is, this is a good team, and these guys really love each other. And a lot of great things can happen when they care and, and, and love what they're doing and what they represent. Thanks, Amber. Uh, Troy Beagley on Twitter, at Troy Beagley. Uh, what does the season after BYU, he says, wins the bowl game, uh, look like for you? Do you have a break, or is it right into recruiting? Um, we, we can't recruit because of the, uh, it's a dead period, you know, so uh, I think they want the recruits to have time with their families, and I agree with that. And So we'll, we'll just start working on, I think we're starting working on putting a, a plan together right now. I'm working with uh, some of the coaches and, and with our director of football operations and our support staff on how we want to um, organize next year and how we want to get ready for next year's schedule. And so... Uh, we have a plan that we're putting into place starting January, and it's way different than what we did, did last year. And I think this is more directed to uh, how we can perform using 
spring football and everything, and not trying to give away our, our plan, but I think it's going to be unique and a little different than what uh, other programs are doing, and this is going to be unique and different than what we've done in years past. Now, your, reg your regular season is going to end on November 30th in San Diego. Your bowl game is 24 days later. You've got 15 practices. You're not practicing Sundays. So you're pretty much going to go from San Diego into bowl prep. You're off. You're like, there's no break, right? You're going to go right into it. it seems yeah, like. I mean, we'll have finals and all that stuff going on around that time. So, uh, you know, we'll have some recruiting weekends and we'll have coaches go out and recruit. But uh, for the most part, the goal is to win the bowl game and to and to utilize all the practices and to get better as a team. And and I know recruiting is part of that too. But we can we can kind of get away with with um, with uh, doing that on and off and having coaches uh, go out of town. But for the most part, we'll have a big re recruiting weekends in December and have a good mid-year signing day. And then um, and after that, we'll go play the bowl game and be focused on that. And then away we go. And in January, we'll start our off-season conditioning, getting ready for 2020. Ashton Ferguson is next up here at our studio. Mike, hello. Hi. Um, I'm asking this question for my niece. Um, beside winning the bowl game in Hawaii, what else will you do there? Um, make sure that our players don't get sunburnt and because um, that can sneak up on you. So we'll be in Waikiki and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to have some good moments together. We'll practice, but I believe in, in, in uh, practicing and working hard, but I believe in playing hard, too. So we'll have a, some good uh, opportunities for us to share in the sun and get on the beach. And, and some guys will try surfing and things like that. So we'll, we'll have fun with that. But I think the goal is to make sure that we practice and, and uh are pretty are ready and prepared to to win that game. When do you plan to head out? The games on the twenty fourth. Yeah, I think we're going on the twentieth, and then I'm not sure who our opponent is yet. So uh, right now, that's something that you know that's that's there. But I think all our focus has got to be um, really on on uh, you know going and playing UMass and making sure that we. I know we'll have fans out in that area too. So making sure that that we give them a good op, a good opportunity to cheer and, and enter, be entertaining. Are uh, you down for a birthday shout out right now? Yeah, I am. Let's so, do one. Who do, who do we have? Yeah, so um, other than Fred Warner's birthday today, it's, it's um, my father's birthday, Tom Sitake. He's right here. He, that's his trademark. So. <laughs> that's my... Uh, it's my best friend. So I, I wouldn't be here for him, for him. And I'll just tell all the kids out there that if you want a happy life, listen to your mom and dad. If you're... Blessed to only have one, then, then to listen to that person and uh, everything will work out, I promise you, because I'm living proof of it. So he's 70 years old, even though he looks like he's 30. You know, uh, he does, he's never missed a, a day of working out. And I'm, I'm just glad that, that I have him in my life. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, my family that's there. So I'm glad that they're all here to celebrate his birthday. And love you, Pops. Happy birthday. So the pendant is his birth year, right? Yeah. So, um, so see that? Mom, you, you got that for him, right? So he likes bling. and so <laughs> He's blinged out, right? Yeah. It's just, uh, most people don't like to brag about the, the, the year that they were born, but Pops is okay with it. So he's a 49 boy. So, yeah, 1949. He, so I've we've come a long way. We, you know, we had a good opportunity to spend some time with him and his brothers and, and our family and just had a... Uh, a good ceremony where we were able to share about our families and, uh, you know, just uh, the things that they've been able to do. And my grandfather, who's not here, Nafe, has done a great job at, at bringing all of us here from the islands and, and the opportunities that we have through immigrating here. And just want to thank everyone. Just uh, uh, this is 
it's been amazing what, what he and his brothers have been through and, and uh, just glad to be his son. You know, we're appreciative of all the fans who come here week to week, but uh, Pops never misses a show. No, he's I mean, here he's, all the time. Yeah. He's, he's uh, you know, even when I played here, he was always there when we, the team left to the, um, for our away games, and he would always be here. We'd land sometimes at 3 in the morning, and Pops would be there waving the flag, you know, so he's sunglasses and waving the flag on. That's what he, that's what he does. That's his trademark, and he, he reminds me that we're undefeated when he wears sunglasses on the sideline, so... I don't know if that's true or not, but I believe it. I'll keep rolling with it. <laughs> Great to have you, and happy birthday, Tom. Uh, let's uh, switch gears for a quick second. We don't do this a lot on this show, but uh, I, I know you saw it. Uh, what a shot. <laughs> what oh, yeah. a finish. So this is, this is Friday night in Houston, and this is how BYU beats uh, UH. T.J. Awesome. Haas with a, a true buzzer beater off the rim and in with the clock going to zeros. You saw it, and you saw it hit the rim first and thought, oh, I man. I did. Well, I mean, I was, it looked so good from when you – I mean, I know I'm watching on TV, right? But when I saw it, it looked good, and then there was a Kawhi Leonard moment, right, where the thing bounced in, and that's a shooter's touch right there. I, uh, like I said, if, if I'm talking to, to TJ, I'm telling him, you shoot till you're hot. That's, that's been my motto, and I don't, I don't, in church ball and in high school ball, I use that. But, um, <laughs> But, I, that, you know, that team is doing amazing things, and I, I love the way Coach Pope is getting them ready, and uh, I'm excited. Like I said before, I, once they free Yoli, watch out, you know, but this team right now is, is starting to gel and starting to play some really good basketball, and it's entertaining. I'm looking forward to seeing them play against Boise State. That'll be tomorrow night. You'll hear it on BYU Radio and see it on CBS Sports Network. Cougars and Broncos tomorrow night. BYU 3-1 and one going in. There's that great shot of TJ's game winner. Super. All right. Coming up next, BYU linebacker Isaiah Kafusi joining us in Studio C. This is BYU football with Kalani Sitake. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Healing for life. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake on BYU TV, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Time for Cougars in the pros. Fred Warner led the 49ers with 12 tackles in a TFL in that comeback win over the cards. Taysom Hill, a carry, a catch, and a kickoff return. For New Orleans, Kyle Van Noy gets the uh, Pats a win, helps get the Pats a win over the Eagles. And how about Daniel Sorensen with the game-ending INT last night in Mexico City as the Chiefs beat the Chargers? Great stuff by Daniel. Well, it's only one player on the 2019 BYU roster with multiple tackles for loss, multiple pass breakups, multiple INTs, and multiple fumbles recovered. And he joins us now in Studio C. Please welcome in linebacker Isaiah Kalfusi. Good to see you. Right in the middle. Yep. Okay, you got to wish uh, Kalani's dad, uh, Tom, a happy 70th. Right oh, there. I wished him at practice today. Okay, you already got it? He Good. said it's a whole week birthday, birthday week. So. <laughs> birthday celebration. <laughs> birthday celebration for Tom. Good to have you, by the way. It's good to be How was practice today? It was good. Yeah, yep. really good. How's your body holding up? It's really good, actually. Yeah, um, you know, season's long, but, you know, I'm feeling really good, so... You know, we got a lot of guys rotating in, a lot of linebackers, and so, you know, we've we've stayed pretty pretty fresh. It wasn't your senior day, but it was your final home game of the season. Did the home season kind of fly by? It's just so fast. I can't even believe it. You know, I 
you know, next year I'll be, you know, a senior and that'll be my last game. And, you know, everyone just says it just goes by so fast. So, you know, I can't believe that, you know, the time I remember my wife, you know, when I first got here with a red shirt and she said, man, we have five years, <laughs> but it's, you know, got one more left. So just enjoying every bit of it. Okay, the Saturday win, a 42-10, that's solid. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you get to hang out on the field afterward for a little bit of a, a, bit of a, a formality and a bowl invitation. That means something yeah. to you guys, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, you know, and, and to go to Hawaii is fun. And, um, you know, just was, you know, a goal of ours to, to go to a bowl game and to accomplish that goal was huge for us, so. But you're still trying to keep it rolling, right? You, you've done something, but you don't want to have it end at 6-4. You've got to keep going. Yep, you know, going to keep going and, uh, you know, got a big game this weekend and then, you know, finish it off, finish off the regular season you know, at San Diego State and then go bowling. Hopefully win that one as well. Saturday's postgame celebration continued in the locker room with uh, Tom Holmo talking to you guys and making yeah. a bit of an announcement there. They got more official yeah. on Monday. Uh, your reaction to Coach Sitake here getting uh, extended for Man, a few I more was, years? I was pumped. You know, I, I think on the video I was jumping up and down with <laughs> you and... You know, I told my wife, I, I don't see myself really playing for any other coach. And so, you know, just super grateful and excited for you for the next couple of years. And, you know, one, one last year with him, you know, next year. So I'm, I'm you know, really excited for the program in the future. If it's okay, what has he meant to you on and off the field? Yeah, you know, he's, uh, you know, we, we've got a, a long relationship, really. We've met, you know, I was in high school and recruited me when I was at, uh, you know, at probably a junior when you were up at the U. And so we've we've had a long, you know, Really built a, a pretty solid relationship, and you know was on my mission when he became the head coach. So I was super excited about that, and you know my mom I think was the most excited. She wrote me and said, "Your coach is going to be Kalani," and <laughs> she was excited. But yeah, you know Kalani just been like a you know a father figure and, and a mentor, huge mentor. So just you know grateful for him as a coach. What did you think of uh, Isaiah back in the day when he was a high school player? Well, there's something special about this this kid, you know, and, and I, well, he's not a kid anymore, but I, you can you knew it when um, he's just such a natural leader. It's it's so easy for him, and and I saw it when he was in high school, and and uh, people just they, they were attracted to him, um, and and it's just a, it's such a great leader, a great example, and I'm so fired up to be his coach, and <clears throat> you know, he's done amazing thing. Uh, the stuff that he does on the field is not even close to what he does off the field, and. And the way he loves these guys, and he's exact—he's a perfect example of what we want this culture to be about, you know. And a guy that works hard and and uh, is all about the team and about others first, and the, the service that he provides to others. That, that, that when he shows people a good time, you know, he tries to uplift others and, and through the platform that he is as a football player. And uh, he comes from a wonderful family, and I, I know I'm really close to the Kafusi family, but his parents are amazing, you know. And so it just makes sense that we get his little brother on the team, you know, and that's why <laughs> I love having Jackson there. But uh, he's a great young man and, and um, look forward to recruiting his son someday. <laughs> <laughs> about that a little bit down the road. Uh, since you brought it up, you, you mentioned uh, we were talking about how, how Tom came and talked to you guys in the locker room. Uh, I think you were, you were like right behind him. Yeah. yeah. Is that you back there? Right there. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. Just a little bit. Kyrus has long hair in there covering me up. Yeah, that was that was a fun moment. Was that a total surprise for you guys? Um, I don't I don't really think so. It was a big surprise, but I mean, <laughs> I think Tom presenting in that yeah. way was a surprise. I don't yeah. think the extension was a surprise, but he talked. No, yeah, surprise. I meant the announcement, yeah. like oh, the way yeah. Tom did it. Yeah, yeah, the way Tom did it. My wife said that you know, she saw Tom taking one of the you know the shirt off of Zach Katoa, <laughs> and she thought that Tom was mad at Zach for wearing the extend Kalani, and so she was like, oh my gosh. 
are they going to extend Kalani? You know, she's all worried, but, you know, that, that was fun. That was good. You know, kudos to Tom for doing that. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Uh, your junior season, how would you say it's, uh, it's gone for you to this point? It's gone pretty well, yeah. Um, you know, kind of it hasn't been, you know, what I, what I really wanted, but I really stepped up. And What's been lacking yeah. for you then? You know, I think I kind of hit a slump, you know, a lot of different things, you know, had, had a son, you know, in the off season. And so, you know, just trying to balance everything and um, feel like, you know, last couple games I've really stepped in and kind of felt like myself again. And, you know, just kind of getting over those, that, that mid-season slump really, but. Kalani, what makes uh, Isaiah particularly special as a, as a linebacker? Yeah, great instincts. And I think the, the, the people don't realize is that he can play on the other side of the ball easy. He can play offense. Mm -hmm. He can do a lot of different things. It's such great athleticism. He can, he can throw the ball. I mean, you can see how great of hands he has. So he can catch, he can run. And I think understanding the other side of the ball has been really helpful for him as a defender. And um, his instincts are just, what well, we've talked about this before is, as, a, as a, uh, you know, when coaching him and just saying that I think when he was going through that slump, I think he was questioning, he's trying to overthink a lot of things. And I think the most important thing for him is to let loose. And I told him, you make a mistake because you're re relying on your instincts and we can live with it. Right. And so I think you see the instincts kind of starting to really thrive and, and uh, he's making big time plays. And then I think he can trust himself and, and his preparation. He should be really confident because he prepares better than, than a lot of people out there. And I've, I've been really pleased with the way that he's performing. And, he does little things that just doesn't show up on the stat sheet, you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, it's it's whether it's getting guys lined up and making sure D linemen are in the right spot and or getting the guys motivated. I mean, he he he's a big part of our success and our defense, especially the last last few weeks. Okay, one of the neat moments from this season you've had uh, was a game in which both you and your little brother get INTs in the yeah. same game. So we had a game in which a quarterback threw to his brother at wide receiver for a touchdown, and we think this is the first game in which uh, two brothers had INTs against Boise State, you first and then Jackson second, right? Yep. Yeah, that was fun. I was so excited. I think I was more excited for Jackson's interception. If you saw me, I was, jump I was on the field probably at the numbers and just jumping up like a little kid. I mean, it was... For me, it was a great feeling, you know, to have Jackson step up and he's worked hard and, you know, he's put in the time and effort and, you know, to, to have him, you know, make a play like that, it was just, that's awesome. Was this always the plan, by the way, to end up with your brother at a, at a high level at BYU or, or was it always going to be that way? I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think we really, you know, I talked about it. Um, I'm sure my parents wanted us to play together <laughs> and, 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 you know, we played a, a year of high school and, um, you know, it's just, it's been fun, you know, it's, my parents enjoy just traveling to, to one game instead of having to split, you know. But So we, we might just call you guys the first family of BYU football the way this goes because it seems like I've been calling a Kafusi on the field forever. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and there's who we have uh, lined up. And uh, i got a couple guys in the pros. And, and of course, we have three of you playing as, as, as brothers and or cousins right now on the BYU team. Do you kind of uh, do you, do you embrace and take pride in the family tradition here at BYU? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think in general the Kafusi family just takes pride in, in playing football. You know, I think we, you know, my uncles have really established a, a great tradition. You know, of excellence on the field and off the field, and so it's just really continued down through the generations. We've been taught really well by our parents and by our, our grandparents and. Um, you know, to have, you know, last year there was four of us that was, you know, we would travel in our, they would get our hotel rooms, you know, we'd have, <laughs> me and Jax would room and then they'd have the connector door to Corbin and, and Devin's and <laughs> that was bad news. <laughs> Corbin. Um, For whom? Yeah. 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 But no, it's it a lot of fun.
All right. And uh, the great news is, Kafusis or otherwise, all these linebackers are back next year, which is awesome. Great to have you in tonight, Isaiah. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks Thank so much. You. That's Isaiah Kafusi. Fans, you can break down Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon each week on After Further Review. It aired earlier tonight and is on demand on the BYU TV app or watch it tomorrow morning on BYU TV, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Fans, did you know? You can have your groceries waiting to be picked up or better yet dropped off at your front door. It's all done online at smithsfoodanddrug.com or on their app on your phone. Download the Smiths app and save time shop online. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question. Who's the only player in BYU football history with three 1,000-yard rushing seasons? The answer next on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Back with more after this. Before the break, we asked tonight's trivia question, who's the only player in BYU football history with three 1,000-yard rushing seasons? And Kalani got it off the air. My cousin. So Kalani's going to yeah. tell us on the air. It's, yeah, <laughs> right, it's this man right here, Harvey Yunga. There it is. Join us on BYU Radio for BYU at UMass this Saturday with Cougar pregame live. At, uh, that's bright and early at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. The game's at noon Eastern and postgame coverage right after the game on Flow Football online or Nesson. And, of course, uh, it's on BYU Radio for free each and every week. BYU at UMass. All right, uh, Kalani, it's uh, first of two road games to end the regular season for you. You'll play uh, on the East Coast one week and then West Coast the next week and then uh, some more football to play after that. Looking forward to it and uh, just excited to see our fans and in those regions and those areas. And I know our guys will be ready to play and looking forward to the matchup this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, to request seats for next week's show as we preview BYU and San Diego State, go to BYUcougars.com slash Sitake Show. As we leave you tonight, we'll tell you, we'll talk to you next Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain for director Brandon Hopkins, producer Jerem Jordan, Isaiah Kafusi, and the coach. I'm Greg Grubel. And coach, you're going to send us out by directing our cameras up in the crowd to the Isaiah family back there and the his corner. wife there you and his go. son. They're our special guests there tonight. Thanks for joining us on BYU Football. Come on, Sitake. Have a great week. Go Cougs!